Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 588 for the week of June 12, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Perth, here bringing you E3 2021 in its entirety. All right, that's it. We'll see you all next year for E3 when we hopefully have actual E3 content. No? Too that is an accurate, say... That's an accurate description of the E3 media portal. <laughs> <laughs> Is there really nothing in the media portal? All right. Here, Alex Fuller, it's, who's been delving into the depths of E3 official communications. Yeah, it's uh, uh, utterly useless for anything media. Utterly useless. <laughs> Ouch. Yep. Ow. <laughs> There's basically one publisher slash PR agency that's done been able to do anything during media week and that's entirely because they just went and did their own booking system Oof. Every, everyone else just seems to have just put some put some just basic press press kit stuff up there and that's it well it seems like the real e3 stuff is all these um well the friendships we made along the way but also the the various side streams and other events that you could just sign up for well, and put your trailers in at- well, it depends what you want to call actual E3. Actual ESA E3 is oh. basically just the Ubisoft, Xbox, and Square Enix no, presentations. Just Ubisoft. Of... They're it. That's the video game industry now. It's just Ubisoft. It's all it's oh, no, and, and Square and Enix and uh, Bethesda. All right. But yeah, Weird. that's pretty much it. Everything else is, uh, yeah, everyone else doing the actual useful stuff in their side streams or their own just... Press meetings. We have one but, on in the in the corner of the room here, the Gorilla Collective Showcase Day Two, which is just endlessly showing trailers for interesting looking indie games, but also makes me realize I missed Day One apparently. Oh my gosh, how many? That was last showing? weekend. Oh, it was last weekend. Okay. I, I wonder if any that is the problem with new E3. It just kind of goes on for better it, part of a yeah, month. It, yeah, it, it started yeah. last weekend, and it's kind of been slowly trickling in over the week, and now it will slowly trickle in through the next week as well. Hmm. Like, it, it's as going as even we, further. You, yeah, because there's um, stuff in two weeks from now. Yeah, uh, there's something. St- yeah, the, Steam, the Steam Fest begins end of this week. The 18th? See, when was... A- Hey, joining me as well, Josh Carpenter and Kelly Ryan. Hello. Hey there. I, I am the I am the monster queen. I'll get into that later. But no, like seeing Anna Purin Interactive's presentation is like on July 29th. It feels like it's the entire summer <laughs> to me. I'd totally forgotten that, that that one was far out. Oh my gosh, they're showing well, off I, the cranky console on that gorilla stream now. Oh, uh, I, I uh, was mainly... Play deck, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I follow Annapura because I want more news about Death Stranding, the Death cat Stranding. game. Oh, yes. Yeah, and where is the news about the cat game? Are we going to get that at, at Sony's non-show, where they don't have a show no, this year, th- so there I is mean, no show? I mean, who knows? The, the, they, there was footage for it for the teaser trailer for the Annapura Interactive, but that's a month from now, or a couple of months from now, so. Do they even uh, have, um, is there a Sony thing at all? I don't think it's been announced yet. Sure, no, there will be one. That, yeah, there's no official Sony thing. They're basically all the Sony games are being announced either yesterday on Keyfree Stream or probably during the Xbox Stream. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Because they're not exclusive. Still got yeah. Deathpool. Right. Uh, Deathloop. Deathloop. Death. <laughs> uh, 
That's really funny. Microsoft releasing that that big Sony exclusive of the fall. <laughs> what a oh. weird. Time. Well, no, no, I meant it. You, you just need to look for the which particular phase of exclusive Microsoft uses on Nate's uh, videos. Mm-hmm. So some will mean it's exclusive to Xbox, but others will mean it's uh, the Xbox trailer first. is exclusive to this. My favorite is um, Phil was Phil Spencer. That's the Xbox guy. Yeah, it's like yeah. throwing a little subtle shade the other day at Sony. That wasn't subtle. <laughs> okay, subtle like hammer. Which is weird because normally he's like, I I have an I have a PlayStation. It's cool, but yeah, this week he was like, unlike our competitors, we're awesome. <laughs> bringing everything to PC or something about that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Anna Marie Privateer's here, too. Hi. Hi. She's doing cross-stitching on stream. Yeah, but I realize I forgot my scissors in the living room, so I I'll need be scissors. Right back. I need scissors! 61. You have teeth. I'm just saying, if I'm too lazy for scissors when I'm doing sewing things, that's what I do. She does a lot but of snipping, though, and she wants I, her... I, you don't understand. Her backs are freaking immaculate, and they don't get there for lack of effort. It's it's She needs her scissors to do her proper cleanup. For your no, immaculate I, I, backs, Anna. Yeah. I understand that Honestly. level of OCD. But I'm also lazy. So there's that. My backs aren't even that good. Like, you should see, like, Lord Libyan's cross-stitches. Who? They're freaking... Lord Libyan is a pretty infamous nerdy cross-stitcher. I see. All right, so what are you cross-stitching this time? Do we get to know? Uh, Jirachi. Jirachi, Wishmaker. Yes. Hey, I still have that bonus disc from the GameCube to get Jirachi. God, that, that disc is old enough to drink now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might be, Actually, yeah. No, what made me feel old this week was the GPA being 20 years old. Is it? I am uh, old. You know who else is old? Chris is old. He turns 40 on Tuesday. Uh... Hey, 40 is the new 30. <laughs> and then 50 is going to be what? The new 20? Yeah, I guess. We're just going to go for it. <laughs> 50. I'm immortal! I am invincible! Like, like I've said before, I'm curious what our generation's rest homes are going to look like being the tech and gamer generation. Yeah, they're going to look terrible. Because nobody <laughs> takes good care of old people. Oh, but we'll, a but we'll, have a, <laughs> we'll have a bitchin' land connection yeah but i mean old, we're old also school. we're also like the very as geriatric millennials mm-hmm. we are like at the cutting edge of iot what does IOT. that mean then to our to our internet of geriatric well, to our we'll, old folks we'll, homes we'll be able to mm-hmm. just do everything via the lady in the can uh, oh right Hey, lady in the can. I need to go to the can. Take me to the can. <laughs> when the she bathroom. actually works. Mine has been fiddly lately because of the internet. So it's like, lady, turn on TV. I can't understand you right now. 
The internet connection in your house sucks. I don't know what's going on lately. I don't know if it's been the storms or if it's been the the router or what. I've Tell Vaughn he needs to redo irritated. the whole thing. And he doesn't want to hear that. And then Vaughn fixed the internet. <laughs> He's be like, it's fine. It's all your fault. I like it's just like, okay. Oh, okay. All right. No, I didn't mean our internet. I meant the whole internet. The whole internet. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, you get on that. And he already agreed. Oh, no. Chris, can we just reboot the router that does the whole internet? Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Reset the internet. Turn it off and on. The problem is it's a modem, Josh. Oh, oh. That's why it's so bad to begin with. All right. Kids don't even know what modems are. Uh, so, should we talk about what we've been playing? Yeah, why don't we? I'll go first. I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online, and oh my gosh, I'm still liking that game. I'm excited to come oh. home and play it. So that's a good sign. Uh, you need to finish 14. Yeah, I need to finish a lot of games, but this is the one I'm playing now, and it's okay. I thought that you were excited for the new 14 that's yeah, coming out. Yeah, but I haven't even finished the last 14. I know, which is why you need to finish it. You got five months. You got five months. Yeah. I mean, my God, if I if I catch up to you, then I'm gonna. I've done know, this with every be... expansion, Kelly. I start oh, it when okay. it comes out. Well, okay, Heaven's Word was different, and then I have a big sprint where I actually play most of it the summer before the new one comes out. This so, is the summer before the new one comes. I know. Out. I'm due for a 14 in immersion. Unfortunately, I got sidetracked to ESO, and I'm having fun, so I'm not going to mess with anything. I'm having fun. I'll keep doing it. Um, I Listen, I helped the Duke of Crows. The he's Duke, an actual crow. He's a crow, and they like shinies. I had to get them... I had to save them from the mirrors that cultists had set up to trap them. They, By trapping, they just looked in the and... mirrors. <laughs> they, no! Birds. Bird. They are they are demon birds from an oblivion plane of oh. darkness. And I've earned the court's favor. The court of crows. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um so Yeah. Good. So this so one's you're saying fairly that bird, recent, uh, so I assume it looks fairly decent. What, the ESO expansion that I'm yeah. playing? Yeah. Um it does look decent, and I think it's better than regular Skyrim oblivion stuff. Oh man. <laughs> I know. Um but oh, that's because I don't I don't think those games are for me. Um yeah. this is more just kind of MMO progression plus good storyline writing that you participate in for your quest lines, which I've always liked. Um but I don't have to worry about how many wheels of cheese do I want to collect in my house and call it like making my own fun with wheels of cheese and and I don't know why, but Skyrim games are always about collecting wheels of cheese now in my in my head. That's not fair, right? But what? See, I, I would have felt like during my Skyrim playthrough that people would have just made that game worse. People. You oh, like no, that's I, the I don't play with problem. other people. Okay. Why would he do that? <laughs> yeah. That's like, are you kidding me? No, no, I'm playing solo, but I'm just enjoying but the you- quest lines and the progression of leveling up and getting stronger i see so just like well it's a better single player game yeah that's it to me it is and i i assume that's not the case for everybody but yeah um i don't know what do you do in an oblivion game it's really all down to the writing and whether or not you enjoy it and for some reason i can never get back into um 
I keep calling it an Oblivion game, sorry. That was my first Elder Scrolls game. That's why I say that. What do you do in an Elder Scrolls game? It It's all down to the writing, right? Or the play how you want to play mechanics. And then I think because I have a class, it's helping me to focus. Whereas in a regular Elder Scrolls game, there is no class. You get you better at whatever you, you do, right? Yeah. So I end up wanting to level up every skill, which is not <laughs> the right way to play necessarily. Or it is. It's certainly not. It's more time consuming. Yeah, it's certainly not the way to get done with the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I could do all these quests that I kind of care about, or I could sit in the corner while this guy sleeps and level my stealth skill. <laughs> well, I guess I'm getting in the corner. <laughs> Get in the corner, Chris. Get in the corner. <laughs> Thankfully, it's Please not put in Chris game. in the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I made a kitty cat guy. And Khajiit has wares? Yeah. Khajiit has uh, MMOs. Khajiit has uh, microtransactions. Uh, so, like, this is, um, I would cat. I would put this in the, not as, um, so every MMO seems to have microtransactions now, right? So I would classify there as tiers as to how in face, how in your face they are with microtransactions. And the top tier would be WoW and 14, where they have them, but you have to go to a separate store to see them. And they don't, like, shove them in your face every time you log in. Elder Scrolls Online is a tier below that, where they do shove them in your face when you log in, but you don't, like, shove them in your face every menu you go through or anything. Like, once you dismiss it, it's gone. Um, And you don't necessarily get the sense that, man, all the fun stuff I have to pay for. And then under that is, is a game like Neverwinter, where, man, all the cool stuff is pay. It costs too much. And it's always in your face, and everyone's running around town with their premium mount because everyone who plays this game spends a bunch of money on it. And and then what's the tier below that, which would just be like some sort of um, what is the garbagest of MMOs right now? Can anyone think of one that it's it's more about monetization than playing? Well, one got announced. It's going to be in the news. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So anyway, so Elder Scrolls is kind of like not at that top tier. It's kind of more more microtransactions than I would like to see. Um, the reason for that, I think, is because they don't require a monthly subscription. Now, I'm paying the optional monthly subscription, and I wish that would remove all traces of microtransaction pop-ups in any way, sensor form, and it doesn't. But that's probably because they give you an allowance every month um, to spend on those things. So I am currently saving it up so I can buy a cute kitty cat merchant that allows me to sell things wherever I am, even in a dungeon. And I'm kind of not opposed to that because he is very cute. And he's a kitty cat, a real kitty cat, like tiny kitty cat with a hat on. And he's a merchant and you can sell Aww, things. Oh, he's got a hat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. My interest has been piqued. Yeah. There's two cat merchants. Um, Elder Scrolls online cat ha- merchant. I need to get this. They cost too much. So it's going to be a um, a bit before I get them. Uh, let me put them on stream here. Uh, how cute is he compared to, say, a Palico? Well, I put them on the screen. Oh, my God, that's cute. Because they <laughs> they're full four-footed kitty cats. So they're not like the cat race. I don't know why. They're just cats. Um, but I think they're, they are... 
if you were to buy them at the worst conversion rate of money to gems, it would be 50 bucks each. <laughs> yeah, that's too much, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm but just thinking one lets about you get that to, time. One lets you sell things, one lets you access your bank. You can't have them both out at the same time. But. I, I'm just thinking about that one time I did the recruiter friend for two months for 30 bucks just to get the Obsidian Nightwing mount in WoW. And yeah, I, I feel like I paid a lot for that. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm and i not. Oh, hello, Anna. <laughs> Anna's in the corner of the screen. I had to get my blanket. Uh, um, yeah. How well does the ESO play on console? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, if you buy the bundle, it's forty bucks to get one of him because it's fifty five hundred gems for forty bucks. Um, I'm sorry. How well does it play on console? They run well, from what I've heard. I haven't played it, uh, and the reason why is because the expansion came out first on PC by a week, and uh, I uh, had to choose between waiting a couple weeks and getting into it or on console um, or doing it now. And so I chose to do it now on PC. I see. Which I think ended up being the right thing to do. Um, just because I don't think Anna has a lot of interest in watching me play Elder Scrolls on. So, no, not really. Yeah. Um, but I've heard good things, Kelly. There is no cross play, though. So keep in mind, if you want to play with other people, you got to figure out what platform they're on. Oh, well, that sucks. Yep. I imagine there's an across buy either where you have to rebuy every you expansion. You got to rebuy on everything. Yeah. It's a pain. That that annoys me about 14 because I would hop back and forth between console and PC uh just for convenience sake, but because I got to spend extra money that just doesn't sound fun. I digress. Yeah, and so, you know, um, good things and bad things like every with every game, and those are the bad ones with this one. Anyway, I'm having a good time uh, enjoying the stories, getting into the Oblivion one. Um, I don't know how long it is yet. I've only put, like, I don't know, 10 to 20 hours in max. Um, I haven't had that much time That's to play. That's like nothing for an MMO. I know, right? And so my question is, you know, how many hours are on the main storyline, and then after that I'm going to go do the dragon one because um, dragons are cool. And it takes place in the cat homeland, and my character's a kitty cat. So, yeah, I um, yeah. I ended up uh, usurping a not insignificant amount of Chris's time this week when we I decided to shotgun Wandavision. Yeah, we played through or we watched through a lot of uh, all of Wandavision. So that was fun. We enjoyed that. That was good. I appreciated the intros of each generation and was trying to figure out what influence that that they came from. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when they showed the DVDs, it was like, oh, well, I'm happy that I was right, but that kind of took all the mystery out of it. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Because the 80s one was like, okay, that's a little bit of Full House, a little bit of uh, Growing Pains. Ties, right? Oh, Growing Pains. Okay. See, the entrance ties. to me looked just pains. like Family Matters. It's not. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um. It's a different shaped house, even. I um, also felt like, well, all those years of watching Nick at Night finally paid off for this show. Yeah. 
because I don't, I don't know about you guys. When I was a kid, and the only good kids channel was Nickelodeon, and it switched to Nick at Night at, well, at night. I watched a ton of I Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke show. Um, see here, to, here's Family Ties with the drawing in. I'm telling you, that's what that was. See with the drawing. Yeah. Oh, I I I get those two show shows confused all yep. the time. All right. Anyway, uh, why are we talking about that? Because um, we watched WandaVision. Uh, okay. And Loki, did you watch, you watched the episode of Loki? I watched the first episode of Loki. Oh my God. I can't wait to watch it with Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, some that's people what people come to this show for. <laughs> the Marvel MCU check-in of the week. <laughs> How's, how, elated. So, elated. Elated joy. Some people use them as paperweights. Mm. <laughs> You, you need to watch the show, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, maybe I won't. Part. I'm having fun with you guys just dropping references around me that I don't understand. Anna, did you play That's stuff this That's why I need week? to watch the show. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did play stuff. Are you going to tell us about it? Well, I <laughs> that guess was your lead I can. <laughs> that, was, that was your signal. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Right, so last week, uh, right before the podcast, I was playing Oregon Trail. I failed twice, and then I succeeded twice, and I've been doing sort of the side missions, which are like one specific section of the Oregon Trail. I'm definitely going to keep playing that occasionally on my phone. Um, but I played it like 11 hours across two days, so I was like, okay, I need to seriously <laughs> stop playing this game. Wow. You and tired so, of dying of dysentery? You know what? I only died of dysentery once. I did, however, um, get bitten to death by a snake, and I also got accidentally <laughs> shot to death because my wagon got too hot. Coincidentally, also by a snake. We don't know where the snake got the gun from. <laughs> Wait, so, so the bullets get too hot in the back of the Yeah, so wagon? if your wagon is damaged, so there's like <laughs> holes in your wagon cover, then stuff inside... The wagon can happen. One of them is the ammo gets too hot and goes off. The meat can spoil. Um, the flour can get um, moldy. And I forget what the other one is. Yeah, stuff goes bad if you just leave your wagon half repaired. And so I... I feel bad for finding that funny. Just all of a sudden, you're just hopping along, and then bam, a bullet goes off. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if your people are hurt, they can just straight up die. Um, I I did have one personality conflict where like someone marched off because they couldn't get along with someone else, <laughs> and so they died. Yeah, no, I got the full gamut. I have yet to make it to Oregon with a full set of four people. You're, relive you're reliving our, like, fourth grade experience I, uh, with a computer. I accidentally <laughs> drowned somebody because I forgot to heal them before we forded the river. Uh, oh, no, so they were just, like, sick in the back and they just died. Yep. Yep. So. Horrible. Delightful. Whoops. Uh, All right. Um, and then I jumped into Bakugan Champions of Vestroya because I thought the game looked really cool. 
And I was having fun playing it, but the dilemma that I ended up having is, unlike, say, Nexomon or Pokemon, where they sort of introduce you to the broader world lore, there is none of that in Bakugan. You have to have watched the anime and already kind of be familiar with the universe because there's no onboarding. There's no lore building Mm. at all. And so I was like, this is really cool, but like nothing attaches me to this game because I'm not already vested into this universe. So I decided to put that aside. Um, And then I was kind of bummed because I'm like, I feel like I'm five houring like all of the games that I'm playing this month and it sucks. And so I booted up Monster Prom Double XL. Which is the Monster Prom game with all of the DLC included, which is a bunch of... uh, uh, balances and quality of life changes in a whole second semester. Um, and so I played through the first semester twice. I got to bang the ghost, which was very fun. I got her secret ending. And all I needed was a penguin mask, some marbles, and a lot of guacamole. I have that, questions. That is a, lo- that is a <laughs> list for wanting to bang a ghost. <laughs> Quite the list. Um, and then I played through it again, and I wooed the werewolf guy, um, but I did not get his secret ending. So every character has, like, a neutral ending, a good ending, and a secret ending. And so I got his good ending, but I did not get his secret ending. So um, the nice thing about this game is it only takes about an hour to do a full playthrough. And so, again, I I definitely see this as kind of like Oregon Trail, where it's like I can see myself coming back to this game when I kind of need a palate cleanser of, like, just something silly and not super serious. Come back, do a playthrough, move on to something else. Yep. Yeah. And so cool. I also jumped into Trials of Mana again this week. Um, so I had a blast. Oh, <laughs> you're rolling with. Uh, this time I am playing Durin, Angela, and Hawkeye. So my, my first playthrough that I did, I did Hawkeye, Reese, and Kevin. So I'm doing the second story with, uh, Durin and Angela together. And I'm bringing along Hawkeye because I really like how that character plays. He plays different from both Durin and Angela. And I decided to keep, um, a bunch of my stuff so that I can continue building up that save file so that I can, like, maybe play a real hard difficulty later on. Mm -hmm. With a bunch of stuff already unlocked. Because there's one difficulty that's like, hey, this is the difficulty that you play after you've leveled up everybody and have a whole bunch of perks. Like, that's cool. I should keep building up this save file so that I can maybe tackle that someday. So, yes, that is what I have been playing this week. I've been doing a lot of cross-stitching because I had a couple days where I wasn't feeling well, and then we watched a lot of WandaVision, so less gaming this week than normal. Wholesome Direct is about to start, ladies and gentlemen. What? Oh, Just for wholesome games? Why do they always do this? Yeah. Every, everything, it's like a countdown to start a countdown. Oh, E3. <laughs> yeah, that... Oh, it, E3. I, I feel like the Sonic one did that, too. I don't understand. Uh, We're going live. These these people don't understand countdowns. (laughs) Yeah, that's not what a countdown is for. All right. It should have just been 30 minutes and not two 15-minute countdowns. 
Well, in the in the, while we wait 15 minutes for any cool news out of Wholesome Direct, Josh, what have you been playing this week? Oh, it's been a while since I've been been yeah, on. I've been up. listening to all these RPG casts, all all these RP gamer uh, podcasts, and Kelly keeps blaming me for getting her onto the back onto the trails wagon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I can't help but that I've been playing Trails to Azure, and it's really good. It's not my fault. I just been sharing no, it with you. <laughs> it's Falcom's fault for making games that are too good and me not having enough time to play them. And and, and not releasing them in English. Well, it's coming. Um, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's going to be here eventually. So yeah, I've been playing the. Uh, I, I'm not even going to call it a fan translation. It is a fan localization of Trails to Azure that the uh, GeoFront team did, and that game has been fantastic. I've just been hooked into that. Um, it's the second of the two Crossbell games. So the first game didn't have a ton, really, of overlap with, with like the Cold Steel games, but this one is big time into the overlap with the Cold Steel game. So everything's happening. I mean, the stuff that was happening in the first one was happening at the same time as probably Cold Steel one. But here you're getting into like the West Zemurian Trade Conference, which was like a key point in the first two games and and so like you're seeing the crossbell side of that um like um one of, one of the big things that like when you're at the when the conference happens is like they unveil orcas tower which you actually go to in some of the later uh cold steel games so it's like the big skyscraper and crossbell and all the world leaders are there and you got you know all the the leaders from uh, from Calvert and everybody is going like, oh wow, this is really impressive, and and uh, Princess Claudia is like, oh wow, yeah, this reminds me of the Liberarch, and you get you get over to uh, Chancellor Osborne, and he's like, that's a fancy building you got there. It'd be a shame if anything happened to your country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a, he's such a oh there. They are playing him up as such a jerk in these games. It's great. Okay, because with the with the some of the screenshots you showed me, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they had that exact wording when they said that. <laughs> it's pretty close to I that. Mean, it would be that, pretty that on is the brand summation for of what Oswald. he says. Totally, totally. You know, exactly. After playing, you know, like he's a little bit more. You know, when you're playing the first two crossbell. Or the first two uh, Cold Steel games, it's not a hundred percent clear that he's, you know, like where he's going. You know, like you kind of like, oh, both the nobles and him like have have some problems. But like, yeah, and the, if after playing Crossbell, you're like, nah, nah, he's 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 evil right from the get go. <laughs> you're well aware of that. And like the but, revelation yeah. at the end of Cold Steel One would feel like a double punch to the gut, knowing that he's not good juju. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's clear by the end of Cold Steel 1, he is definitely not good juju, but also, like, knowing all along he's been bad juju, and then surprise! Mm-hmm. It, it's, I love that game. Like, I really do think that um, I'm excited for these, you know, they've made PS4 versions, and they're working with that Asian publisher to make like Switch wow, and PC version. So hopefully though the Crossbell games will come west sooner rather than later and I I can't wait for other people to get to play them cuz they're just I think they really are the best games in the series. They 
they have a fantastic cast. They have really good pacing. They're not, you know, the the latter couple of Cold Steel games. I mean, they got long. We're getting you know eighty hundred yeah. plus hour games. They were just like, oh good mm-hmm. lord, the the cast. You know, like Cold Steel Four, you're getting up to like twenty twenty five people or whatever you're juggling. It's just like it was just too much. And this game is much more tight and focused. You've got a cast. You've got a much smaller cast. You know, like th- this game, uh, the Azure adds in. And a couple of other character, kind of like main characters to the uh, SSS, which is like part of the Crossbell Police Force. So, like you're adding in Noel and Wazy, and they're both, both they're both good, interesting characters who were were kind of introduced in the first game, and now they're kind of getting fleshed out more in the second game. But it's much more balanced that way, where hey, like the total cast is the total main cast is really only like six people. It's not spread out over like a dozen and a half characters that you're trying to balance between. And like, ah, oh, it, it, it's fantastic. Everyone, I, I won't belabor it too much since, like, it, it is totally, it is accessible. You know, like it, it's totally possible to buy a legal copy of this uh, PC version. I think it costs like eight bucks, and uh, you know, apply the the uh, fan patch. Where does to one it, get and it? And then it just plays. Uh, oh, the Geofront site. Yeah, there the are. The Geofront in- site has. Sorry, they oh, no, have no. like explicit extra instructions on the GeoFront site, and they will list you to it step by step. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's a Chinese uh, digital store. Which front. which one is this? Azure or something else? Azure. This is Azure. Uh, yeah, this one's Azure that I'm playing. Yeah, there, there's instructions on how to get both zero and. Um, basically, these are built I off. I need of instructions the... for what order to play all this garbage in. It's too much. <laughs> well, trails one two three, crossbell one two, full steel one two three four. Hajimari no Kiseki, untranslated. Well, where does Azure know. fit in? Uh, Azure is crossbell too. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> There's a building. I'm jumping. Yeah, so, <laughs> so colloquially, they are known as trails from zero and trails to Azure. Whatever. I'm done. I'm that, no longer interested. I'm playing more Elder Scrolls. May or may not be there, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing because it's Kiseki, which generally means miracle rather than trails, but hey. <laughs> But they, they went with trails at least with the first game. I yeah. I probably uh, the, because of the way it ends. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it, it makes sense as a name, so there's no reason to sort of not Hold keep on. it from the West. Yeah. I'm on this Geofront site and they say there's an ease versus trails in the sky game. Yeah, on PSP. What? Yeah. And yeah. they're in the process of translating that. It's done. They're in the testing now. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that basically Falcom Smash Brothers? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, is it a fighting it, game? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like I've played the. Oh, I played it. I haven't played pass. obviously the fan patch. But I played it a while back. It's built in like the E7 engine, so it's kind of like an arena fighter. Good, essentially, thanks. is how it plays. I'm good. <laughs> I'm gonna go home now. It's a- <laughs> We lost Chris. Chris, uh, can, I, can I bring you back with the other game I've been playing? Oh, I don't know. What is it? Uh, I've been playing, like, the, the new PS5 game, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, Ratchet Inter- & Clank, Into, Enter the Rift? The, yeah. the best <laughs> PS5 game on the system no, that everyone's been uh, talking about this week? You mean Rift Apart. Rift Apart, whatever. And Enter the Rift is the old vi- one, isn't it? <laughs> and on Vigi Game Apocalypse, I finally got the dirty joke behind that one. It's supposed to be ripped a fart. Oh, 
I figured they yeah, just started yeah. calming those dirty jokes down a bunch. I thought so too, and then the, the, someone said it, and I I put two and two together, like, oh, the, hmm. Insomniac, you guys are sneaky. I did not get that. Yeah, they got to be more sneaky now. I want to see Rivet. I want to I want to learn more about Rivet Lady and Ratchet Man. Do they get together? Do they not get together? Is this game any good? We didn't play it. So tell me about Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade Plus uh, Extended Edition ESO Alpha. So, yeah, I haven't gotten to the Extended Edition bit, but I have been playing just regular Final Fantasy VII. Um, is this your first time playing it? Yeah, this is my first time playing the remake. I um, haven't played it yet either, so at this point I've been waiting for the PS5 version. <laughs> well, good news. It's all downloaded, isn't it? Yep. We've got it. We're ready to go. Yeah, I've We got s- a PS5? We got the PS5? Re- Who uh, yeah. knew we'd have a PS5 by the Ma- time this game came out? I've been streaming Ruinverse, and in the middle of streaming Ruinverse, I downloaded the Final Fantasy VII remake stuff. Yeah, yeah. make sure you have plenty of room, because it's like 90 gig download. It's yeah! <laughs> These, uh, the joy these next of this gen, gen hard drives are uh, they're not holding up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not well. Uh, um, man, playing that game like if you told me that was a PS5 game, I I would totally believe it. It looks stunning well, what they've a done PS5 on version of a game. So they've yeah, but I mean, some. you know what I mean. Like I've played I played you know Yakuza uh, like a dragon on the series X and the, uh, the Xbox one X and like, you could not tell the difference and here this one. And I mean, like it looked like a last gen game, you know, it just looked like Yakuza look, this one just looks, it is jaw dropping. It is stunning looking. Um, there are times when you can kind of see like, Oh, okay. Like if you look, they're basically kind of just carrying me down like a small corridor. And that's kind of, how they're able to make it look that good is you can't just you know it's not an open world as you kind of get used to these days with everything being an open world game this one's a little bit more corridor and like oh we're just you know focusing and moving you around where we want you to go so it looks gorgeous all the time but like it's i've I've been enjoying it like i haven't gotten too far into it i'm in like chapter five or six so still relatively early on but like man it looks gorgeous um I don't have a lot of nostalgia. Like I, I did not play Final Fantasy VII when it first came out, and I only played it many, many years later uh, when they when I Sony my got ass a Voodoo Extreme card and oh, a God, sound yeah, card for my PC. PC because I didn't have it on PlayStation. I didn't have a PlayStation, and for some stupid reason, I felt that was the better investment. I was wrong, <laughs> okay. but I did it. <laughs> Okay, I just had to look it up. You're about ready to go take on the second Mako reactor. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh. Where I stopped last night was in on okay. the way to take on the second Mako reactor. Okay, so, so my you're a decent way through. Okay, yeah, okay. So, like my memory on that game, like I said, I played it once. I think when the play, when Sony released uh, PS1 games on the PSP. And I only I didn't oh, even the make first it to time where... they announced that they were re-releasing Final Fantasy VII and people got disappointed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which they then did continue <laughs> to do like three or four more times <laughs> on various systems. So many times they released that. <laughs> it's Final Fantasy so VII. I don't oh! Remember... oh, oh, it's that one. Yeah. So I don't remember it that well and i know i i didn't even get to the point in final fantasy 7 where of course the person that everyone knows dies she at where she actually dies so i didn't make it that far in 
But I'm trying to remember, like, was the... I don't far, remember I the second Mako no, reactor being the in the, the game. Disc, right? Oh, it's Disc One. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, they added a lot added of new stuff in 7 Remake. It, yeah, it is... They have built up the Midgar stuff quite a lot. There's, there is some padding, but what they've added is generally very, very interesting and is worthwhile building onto it. So I think it works really well. Yeah, because they fleshed out Midgar so much, it it makes me care about the Midgar section four as opposed to in the original game where Midgar felt like kind of a glorified tutorial. Yeah. Yeah, Midgar is the sacrificial hometown in the <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the first game, yeah, in the original Ashen. Um, I'll be curious how impressed you are when the with the visuals when you get to Wall Market. Okay, because that that I mean, even on the PS4, that whole area was just so breathtaking, and I'm just curious to see what it looks like on the PS5, how they polished it for that version. It it's looked great. And in fact, maybe even more importantly, it has just been butter smooth, like 60 frames a second. I have not seen seen it really chug. Like they they've obviously done a good job getting it, uh, you know, not just looking good, but actually running really well too. So, yeah, to, I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure there's going to be a huge amount of improvement from the PS4 version because that already worked really well. It ran really well. The main thing you probably will have is just. There's textures in some places to where the, where you could really tell that there was some some low resolution stuff in there. There'll be, I think, environment textures that when they're sort of used up close are quite obviously low resolution. So that's probably where you won't ah. you mm-hmm. won't notice things as much. I mean, there's the infa- infamous door in the first section that's obviously low resolution <laughs> PS4, but has apparently been fixed and integrated. Didn't even I saw that screenshot, but I was like, "Wait, that was a thing." Is this like another puddle yeah, controversy? I, did, from- I didn't actually remember that door at all. That's yeah. not what I noticed when I noticed the textures. Mine was okay. more on the side. Yeah, I, I haven't like as playing it. I have not noticed any like really obviously low res textures anymore. Everything looks fantastic at 4K this time. I've seen some of that stuff going around Twitter where it's like, "Oh, look at the original door," and you're like, "Wow, yeah." <laughs> Um, the combat, I'm, I'm still trying, like, I think the action combat is fun. I've still been trying, I've been playing around some with the classic style, and I can't figure that out yet. Um, because that's supposed to be the one where it kind of does automatically, and then you kind of just choose the, the, uh, the actions. Because the whole thing is just you, you, you do regular attacks, and that builds up your, your active time battle meter, and then you can pull off actions or use items or do magic attacks. That's what kind of unlocks that. And so the idea, I guess, is like it's almost like trying to make it what almost more like Xenoblade or something like that, where you're just doing auto attacks, or the the main character is just kind of you know auto controlled by the AI, and you're just doing the major attacks. But the few times I've tried to use it, it just didn't didn't seem like the AI was doing a very good job. Yeah, I never liked that mode. I felt like that was a concession to make the, oh, you made it action, people shut up. You get much more out of it if you just control everybody yourself. Yeah, that's the way it felt. Like, and if you just don't care for, like, there's a decent, it feels like there's a decent bit of depth on the combat side. And if you don't want to deal with that, Mm -hmm. you can just kind of turn it down to easy. If, like, I don't really want to get good, you can just play it on easy and just play through it. Yeah. 
and and I really appreciated that every character played so different from each other. Yeah, and they're trying to kind of like, yeah, I, I don't know how successful they'll be throughout the entire game, but they're trying to make them all feel different and make make you kind of need to use the different characters at different mm-hmm. points in different encounters. Yeah, which keeps it from just being like, okay, sitting there with Cloud. Yeah, especially if you want to do a bunch of the arena stuff because you get some good rewards from the arena. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. at one point you have to get, they have to control every character in the arena at least once. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 I, I, my favorite thing about that game is just how how good the characters controlled. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I've been enjoying it so far. I like the way they fleshed out the the uh, character. Yeah, like I only vaguely remember Wedge and Biggs and Jesse from the intro. Like I don't remember them being. They weren't in it very much in the original incarnation. No, but they fleshed them out. Really. The train. Yeah, yeah. And, and then oh, I think that was really it. Yeah, that's my vague memory but man uh, the the stories of jesse's thirstiness were all correct (laughs) (laughs) the legend of jesse's holy (laughs) good lord that woman is thirsty for cloud (laughs) but it's been fantastic i i've enjoyed it so far like i i'm i'm you know, like as someone who doesn't have nostalgia for it, I think it's great. I don't know if that, if you know, like if you want, if you wanted Final Fantasy VII again, exactly the same thing, looking gorgeous. I guess you won't be happy, but this seems like a really good interpretation of it. I think it's kind of interesting what they do early on to kind of bring Sephiroth into the overall story, since he wasn't really oh. in the early part of Seven, so they're trying. Trying to like incorporate him in as the overarching presence. Yeah, if I did have a complaint about that version of the game, that would be it. Because you know, throughout the entire original game, he was just kind of a lingering presence, and you never really saw him. It, you know, it was it was kind of like the Jaws reveal. So when you saw him, it was a huge deal, and I felt like that they put that in there just because people expected it. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit weird because I can't talk about more because there's stuff coming that will yeah. sort of give more context to why he's appearing earlier. So yeah. it, it's a bit of a trade-off to sort of how they're, how they're handling Remake and connecting it to the original game. Yeah. I'll just, I'll be curious to see what they do in the sequels with stuff, but yeah, yeah the big question vague. is what happens next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is just the first entry in what if you match it up with the original game would be several entries. So maybe we'll even hear something about that this week. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I I hope I I hope so. Also, I just now learned looking up uh, Jesse's voice actress that she's also Futaba and Persona 5. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's Erica Lindbeck. She's great. She was also Barbie for periods of time. She was whom? Bobby. And uh, Vita and Legend of Here Her- and Trails. The opera singer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Erica's fun. She's she's done Atlas stuff for a long time. 
Yeah. I, I also don't know if you're a Breaking Bad fan and can't unhear Badger and Wedge. <laughs> yeah, it's been okay. I, 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 I can separate the two. <laughs> I, I couldn't. <laughs> I He's good. Breaking Bad, no, I don't. Seeing Giancarlo Esposito in all of the Far Cry trailers is like messing with my mind. Moff Gideon isn't in space. Moth Gideon, uh, Lex Luthor, and Harley yep. Quinn. Yep. <laughs> Very Dust good Spring. at being a bad guy. Oh, yeah. He must like it, too. <laughs> he seems to. Alright. Is that what everybody's been playing? Um, oh. I'm not, I don't think you said me. Oh, oh me. Oh. <gasps> Sorry. How about Alex? He hasn't been on in the longest. Yeah, Alex, what have you okay. been playing? Okay. Uh, I'll skip some of the stuff that I haven't played the last few weeks because I can't remember what I played last <laughs> week. But this week I've been mostly playing Edge of Eternity. So which how, is, how is that now that it's finally out? It's decent, I think is the best way to describe it because <laughs> it's... It's obviously not going to be sort of a world beater. There's part of the argument is, wow, it's amazing that this small team has created this ambitious project. And there's also a sort of, well, you've clearly aimed a bit too high here, so it's not going to be fully effective anyway. But, I mean, what's there there is fun. It's definitely got the feel of a decent enough JRPG. Not not too well being, but I mean, the co- the combat works surprisingly well because it's a sort of it's a mixture of ATB sort of turns and then sort of a hex based tactical style grid. Hmm. Uh, but it, it it feels most more like an ATB game than a tactical game, but it works well. The main sort of issue I have with it at the moment is that the combat gets a bit. There's not enough variation in the encounters. So combat gets a bit samey and especially when you're in the the open world, which is sort of it feels unnecessarily open because there's not really that much to do doing it. It the open world looks great. I mean all the environments look fantastic, but there's just it just feels like it's open for the sake of being pretty rather than having all the content to really justify it being that way. That, that sounds like a lot of the pitfalls of like a smaller team that just doesn't have enough people to like yeah. fill out the world, fill out the number of encounters you'd like, the variety yeah, of encounters. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not true open world. It's a bit like the most recent Tales games mm-hmm. sort of do, the, do their world. So you've got just some big wide open areas between towns. That yeah look great, but there's not too much content content within them. Yeah, I think the story is where I'm sort of hedging a bit. I'm sort of being a bit hopeful that it comes together. There's a lot of sort of there's a few lots of interesting elements going on in the background that it's sort of I want to see how it deals with them. But so far the all the characters have been just a bit one note and not that's either interesting or sort of endearing the main characters 
likes being ridiculously cynical and then gets annoyed when people point out to cyn- him being too cynical. So he, he can grate a few bits at times, so he just gets a bit wishy-washy with what he actually wants to be. And the other, the other issue is that the actual story objectives it gives you are really sort of flimsy and don't really tie together with the actual story. You're basic, at the moment, it's sort of basically the main objective is you're looking for the cure to a corrosion. But so far, all that's amounted to is trying to find one of the main characters' teachers and just being sent on a sort of wild goose chase for that without actually any any progress being made to what they're trying to do. It's sort of just travelling for the sake of travelling at the moment. Yeah. So we need to see. But, I mean, the gameplay that's there is, is decent, so it's just a, a matter of the narrative trying to actually hold up its end of the bargain, I think. Oh, so, I should probably so- also... So, so decent, but not quite living up to whatever it's been, like four years in development, maybe five. Quite a few. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's been a while, but I mean, it, it sort of depends on what expectations you had going into it, I think. I mean, it was, I don't think it was ever going to be a huge, a huge title like that. So there's always going to be a case of you need to temper your expectations accordingly. But you can you can tell that it it's definitely coming from a place of love for the for the JRPGs. There's definitely lots of things it does that are very JRPG line core, sort of a a play on how JRPGs usually do things. Oh, I mean, like looking. I think I remember playing like a couple hours of it when it was in early access, and it was very obviously influenced by Final Fantasy and. Tales and all the you know like all the big JRPG franchises. Yep, yeah, I should probably also mention the soundtrack because it's a, the soundtrack. The soundtrack's good as well. So there's about I think about a quarter to a third of it is from Yasunori Mitsuda. I think he did mostly the character themes and a couple other tracks, but they're good. But the other tracks as well, which are from from a French composer who I have forgotten the name of. No idea. Offhand, but yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Cedric Menendez. Hmm. He's having closer, but yeah. So that that's solid. The voice acting is generally decent. The only issue is sort of related to the characters being a bit one note so far. So they're it's all just a bit melodramatic. Hmm. On that front, so we'll see. We'll see how that comes to, comes to. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, as I said for decent gameplay, it's one to just keep an eye on if you're in the mood for that sort of thing. But don't expect it to be the best JRPG ever. <laughs> and the other thing I've been playing is uh World End Economica Complete, which is basically the Switch collection of the World End Economica visual novels, of which there's three of them. Yeah. And that is, it's basically written by Isuna Hasakura, who is the author of Spice and Wolf. So, well, Spice and Wolf was basically medieval, medieval economics. Medieval economics. economics. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is uh, 
near future economics on the moon. Yeah. Well, basically, well, basically, the moon is basically a sort of investment banking paradise. What? In stocks. So, yeah, it, it's all, it's all about stocks. It's a visual uh, novel, but it's about investment paradise? Yeah. I'm yeah. so confused. Well, I mean, Spice and Wolf is a romance novel about medieval economics. So yeah, it's I'm, just... like, I'm just catching up on how confused I should be about that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a testament to, I think, a how interested the author actually is in economics. He really likes, it. and that he's he's a pretty decent writer. So it works. So I mean, that main problem is there is a lot of economics in World End Economica, especially. So I've mostly done the second and third episodes just because i was the second because i was just trying to give myself a refresh on what happened in it and then the third because i hadn't got around to playing that on pc but the third one especially the first half of it is there's a lot of economics that most people are really not going to care about (laughs) so is this also a vr thing like space and wolf was no this is just a straight up well, I think it's straight up kinetic novel because it's there's no um, actual choices in it as well. Oh. You are just. Oh, where do you even get this then? It's not on Steam, I assume. It's on Switch. It's it's Basically, on Steam, yes. but yeah, the. Okay. Yeah, so the, this the one the novels on, on there, but not Spice and Okay. What are we talking? Spice about? and Wolf World is pure. Yeah, Spice and Wolf is pure light novel. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's in book form. There is a VR thirty minute video. Yeah interactive thing. thing for spice and wolf but forget it all right yeah world end economica okay so there's the bundle oh boy this came out in 2014 originally yeah i think the first the, f- the first one might have oh, it's been so coming out in pieces for oh goodness and then 2016 well, yeah, it, for episode three all right yeah there's three episodes and yeah the, the switch is basically a bundle of all three all right then there you go it, oh, oh, I was satisfied by it. I enjoyed it, but Here yeah, be prepared. Be prepared for this is what you need to be prepared for. Combining claim A and economics. claim B into claim C. Claim A is for one million. Claim B is for two million. Equals claim C equals ten thousand moles. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> this is what you'll be getting up to <laughs> in World End Economica. <laughs> yeah. All right. You can glaze over quite a lot of the economical stuff, but... Oh, good. It's... To each their own on this, I'd say. Oh, do I have a copy? <laughs> I might have a copy of Edge of Eternity, I just realized. I was going to say, did you back it on Kickstarter? I did. Uh, when did I back this? Let's... Which Kickstarter did you back? So oh, no. Well. Oh, it matters? <laughs> It was one of those. Uh, uh, oh, I, I doubt it matters, but they've had multiple. So. It was on Kickstarter, <laughs> if that helps. Does that not help? No. no. Oh, you're killing so. me here. You're killing me. Edge of Eternity. Um, estimated delivery December of 2016. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't have a date of when the pledge was made here. Um. <laughs> Oh, good God. You could have been like me and bought it on a Steam sale in early access for like five bucks or something. <laughs> but but uh, no, I, I backed it on Kickstarter. Is what I'm oh, okay. I'm looking at my Kickstarter history right now. I'm trying to go back to the first update. 
So so I mean, it would have been 2014 or 2015. So I think this was the first one. Are you going to tell me it wasn't, Alex? <sighs> I might be backing my first Kickstarter in a couple of weeks, but it's for miniatures. Yeah, the day one for this one was February twenty, uh, February sixteenth, twenty fifteen. Wow. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Is this the one that had to be picked up by um, uh, the other st- by Little Orbit? No, right? No, is a different That's- one. Yeah, no, this is this is still the I'm same. Sorry, I can't keep up with my years behind on delivery Kickstarters based on eight JRPG properties with contributions from famous JRPG makers. Oh, okay, no, that's what happened. There was a Kickstarter I... in 2013, but it was cancelled. Oh, okay. So and then they ran the, the they ran, right. yeah, they ran the new one in 2015. Oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> I was about to say there were so many of those back then. I don't even know which one is which anymore. This was before I stopped contributing to every video game Kickstarter that came along. Because I realized, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> don't do this. Uh, Mighty Nine gave us so much hope and then let us down very if bad. It was just the one, it'd be fine, Kelly, but it's so many who have let us down at this point. Yeah, there were many more before that one came. <laughs> Broken Edge? Yeah, I'm trying to um, think of the one that the was one the one I'm talking about with that... Little Orbit. That was one. Um... <laughs> I, I feel like it was the Double Find one that was the the catalyst that kind of made I everybody like else be like, "Wait, one. Broken Age, this is, is a thing." Oh yeah, that's what made it a big thing. Yes, I agree. That was their first big, well, the first next big one, and then they had went many more bigger ones since then. Um. T- Top 10 failed Kickstarter campaigns. Oh, it's a freaking YouTube video. There's like a whole subplot of YouTube videos that are just nothing but fail- top 10 lists of failed oh, Kickstarter. Oh, Kelly, remember the Ouya? That was. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's a slap bracelet watch. Here's a little drone. Oh, here's a little thing you put in a washing machine. It's some sort of electronics you put in the washing machine. That's not good. Um, this is a 3D okay, printer before, that went bad. Before we get too sidetracked, that's a lot I've been playing. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Thank Kelly. you, Alex, for reining us back in. Kelly's Kelly, turn. what have you been printing on oh. your 3D printer this week? Well, I, I feel attempted like that's all to you've print. done. <laughs> well, I've done other stuff, but I attempted to print a multi-part uh, Game of Thrones dragon statue, and my... F- film was shot and thus completely failed to print so it it annoys me that the most delicate part of that whole printer is the most the one that causes the print to fail the most so that's that but that's that's what it should be though right the delicate part be the one that causes oh yeah yeah it's just annoying to change out and replace Because there's like a whole bunch Especially of screws. Especially twelve hours and, into a print. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to drain the tank and then clean up the oh, mess. You have to drain the swamp every time you switch it. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. But um, I have I have played some stuff this week. I finished the um, Stormblood campaign for Final Fantasy XIV. The main story. I'm still doing like the in between patch stuff. 
right now. But it looks like there isn't nearly a much as much patch stuff to do in between this one and Shadowbringers than there was between Heavensward and uh, Stormblood. Which is good. Because that, that stuff in between Heavensward and Stormblood was just like watching paint dry. Uh, they had and to yeah, do something that, to fill your time. I can't yeah. yeah, I can't remember. I think it's fairly similar but they had they did obviously get better at streamlining stuff mm-hmm. between practices that go on so and supposedly the story is really good leading up to Shadowbringer so I can't wait to get to that and Chris when I get caught up to you we just need to finish it together what 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 Shadowbringer Shadowbringers oh Sha- yeah oh yeah that's a good idea Kelly that would be fun. I don't know what level you are. The problem, I, the problem with 14 is that it's so story-focused that I find playing with other people through the story campaign is a lot of... Oh, be quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm watching this movie. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I don't know how to I man- think, manage that. Yeah. Shadow, shadow thing is you need to do it even less because you've got the trust system as well now. Oh, right. All, oh, yeah, all, yeah. all you actually need that's to do true. with other people is the trials. Well, maybe we can be both playing, but not actually with each other, but still be on Skype and be like, oh, oh, well, well, I got oh, to this. I'm oh, so I antisocial when I play MMOs that are heavy story. <laughs> I just sit there and I don't talk. And it's like, oh, yeah, are you still here? Are you okay? Okay, cool. Oh. I'm going to go back oh, and yeah, listen to you. No, especially you I shouldn't just shut you down because you're being nice and this sounds like a good idea for friends to do, but I just, I don't know how to handle it. Nope, I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, that I did that. I finished Nexomon Extinction, and holy crap, the last couple of hours of that game is epic. Yes, it is. I watched Anna play the last <laughs> part of that game. and was like, oh, this is cool. I like this story. I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that Pokemon the past couple of years has been kind of missing that sense of epicness in their story for a while. And this one was like, I've gotta know what's coming next oh my god that story beat was so amazing and oh crap no that they, they, they ramped it up to 11 and and then they also ramped the difficulty up to 11 and you know there's like a huge boss fight gauntlet with no healing in between somewhere in there that kind of messed me up but it's okay because the story is amazing and i learned a true power friendship and I can't go into too many details because it's so cool. I don't want to spoil it for people. But I was messaging Anna. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so my positives for Nexomod, if I was actually writing a review, would be epic story, lots of quality of life features, and just a fun little game. And my negative points would be some of the Nexomon kind of look like crap. And the game has a little bit of jank because it crashed on me last night while I was playing. Um, uh, thank God for autosave. No, I don't think yeah. so. I don't you think sure? I ever had a crash. Okay, never mind. I had like two hard I had two hard crashes and I don't know if you noticed this the kind of graphical glitches when Nexomon were switching out or maybe that was just me no I I was actually really impressed how like I had no technical difficulties with that game huh that's weird 
because I did have a little, there were some bits that was a little bit slow and some graphical hiccups there and you have the hard crashes, but I still enjoyed the game a lot anyway. Um, it made me kind of want to do the post game because a whole bunch of stuff unlocks in the post game. Like you still have to go find all those vaults and you can go recruit the old tyrants and, um, you can recruit that one girl's dragons and all of that sounds a lot of fun. And unlike Pokemon, they give you several master balls that you can use for this. It makes me wonder, okay, why has Pokemon all these years have been so stingy about Master Balls? Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've i said it a couple of times, I think both on the podcast and to people. It's like, it's kind of going to be hard to go back to vanilla Pokemon after this because there's mm-hmm. just so many little details that Nexamon 100% nailed that Pokemon doesn't do, and I'm going to miss them. Yeah, um, fast travel from the get-go is one of them. The the most recent Pokemon game was a lot better about that. Um, it was just oh. kind of funny because I almost think the fast travel could have been sooner in Nexamon because I was exploring all over the place way before I got fast travel. Oh yeah, you're right. I did. I, you have to like actually unlock a your first guild rank to get to those orbs. Correct. So I have a question Fun for y'all. Game. For, yes. for me, who's never, ever touched a Pokemon game, would this be a good Pokemon-style game to try? Absolutely. I, yes, yes, because it doesn't have nearly the frustrations that vanilla Pokemon has. It's very noob-friendly. Huh. Okay. Uh, all of the Pokemon kind of level up around you, so you're not having to worry about, you know, having to catch a level one when you're 30 and grind it up. I, I want to say that they stay around six levels below you at all times, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, the regular, the trainers respawn near instant, I mean, not near instantly, but pretty soon so that you can just go fight them over and over again for money and uh, other money and experience. Um, What else is there? Good quality of life stuff. You get EXP items that are passives that stack throughout the entire game. Hmm. Um, Catching is a lot easier. Well, no, you can increase your percentages to catch by feeding Nexomon, and you actually see how high your percent is. Yeah, so, you were, I know you were talking about like all the quality of life stuff that this has. So for yeah. Pokemon, so have me interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the Pokemon can hold up to four cores that you can boost their stats with. So I was always keeping my main one with EXP boosting items at all times, and then like two or three passive EXP items on the rest of my party. So everything can you can throttle how much EXP everything is getting. Huh. So I feel like Pokemon kind of fix that problem too with permanent exp share at all times but some people don't like that i do yeah some people are you know i used to walk up uphill to school both ways and yeah five feet of snow I'm still every walking yeah. now yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to get there <laughs> but, but even but even then, it doesn't matter because of the kind of scaling exp boost or scaling exp around you anyway yeah so 
Um, just a lot of good stuff about that game. And the fact that the story was epic as hell, but they still kept the jokes flowing the entire time. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, like the thing with the credits, Anna. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and Coco. I think you would like it, Josh, just for Coco, because you're a silent protagonist, and Coco speaks for you, and Everything that comes out of that cat's mouth is comedy gold. <laughs> Everything. I'll have, the, I'll have to go on the wish list, maybe. Yeah. Look for I it think the next the time. Steam it's on, version on is, sale. Yeah, the Steam version only runs about 20 bucks. I don't know about the uh, console versions. Hmm. I have to keep an eye out for it. it sounds interesting. Yeah, and, and it. I think I only ended up putting about. 40 hours into it, but I also level grinded a lot. So, it's not like a life commitment like Pokemon is either. Yeah, so. yeah, I tend to limit my, my 80 plus hour commitments. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm kind of wanting to move on instead of catching all these special one post-game ones, but at the same time they kind of hinted that neat stuff will happen. So uh, I guess I'll have to see what kind of mood I'm in next week because I I really would like to finish Bravely Second or Bravely Default Two at some point this millennium. Yeah, and it doesn't help that my third game that I bought kind of sucked me in. Um, te- Tetris Effect was on sale last week on PSN, and I was like, okay, I've been kind of eyeballing this one for a while. I'm gonna get it. I'll pop open Tetris and just play for a little bit, and oh my god, this is the best version of Tetris I've ever played. It is so beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful and apparently addictive? Yeah, well, there's so many different modes that you can play, like just a three-minute get-as-high-of-a-score-as-you-can mode, which is fun for my my lunch break or if I just need to clear my head for a minute. Um, there's modes where you try to get as many lines as possible in three minutes. There's um, a mode where you try to get as many combos as possible. There's so many modes. And they geared this Tetris in such a way that the music and the background images kind of go along with what you're playing at the time. So there's one level that's kind of jazz-themed, where as you're moving the Tetramatoes down, it makes like piano sounds. And the music kind of goes along with that. It's it's so hard to describe. You'd almost have to watch videos of it. And well, it was done by the same developer that did Res, right? I believe so. So that kind of makes sense. And, and I'd be <laughs> there's a VR version of this game, and I'd just be curious how eyeball melting that is because. I mean, I've got a nice TV now, and just watching that version, after a while, it's like, I kind of need to go do something else for a while, because my eyes are a little bit strained. <laughs> You're breaking. And my, my yeah, one complaint an about break. this... Yeah, yeah, exactly, and usually I don't have to have that. And, and my only complaint about this, the game is very trite, but I kind of wish it was on Switch so that I could play it in bed. But, but I can see why it's not because they, this is like clearly a graphically superior version of Tetris. 
Oh, so. Surely they on Switch if they wanted to put the effort in. I know. Well, the problem is that the Switch has the Puyo Puyo uh, Tetris games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have no so, clue what the licensing problems might be on that kind of stuff. Who knows? Yeah, and and it's like, don't get me wrong, I kind of like those versions, except I, I don't know. I, it kind of feels like you're getting Tetris in my Puyo Puyo. Well, you're getting Puyo Puyo in my Tetris in that version. You just want no. one or the other. You don't necessarily want them both. Yeah. Together. And, and you, you can play them separately, but there's also a story mode. And the story mode requires you to do both. Yeah. There, there's a quote-unquote mission mode in this version of Tetris, and you actually like level up to get new avatars. And your avatars are like little floaty constellation animals. And in one of the main modes, um, you can kind of see other people's floaty constellation animals on PSN like all over the world map. I don't know why. That's just cool to me. But you guys don't sound I'm like going it. through I, all I my know. failed Kickstarters. Oh, sorry. Midora but, failed. No, I, I know. Um, this other uh, Soul Knights failed. Well, actually, it came out I, and then already closed down. <laughs> and I didn't even know it came I, out. That's back in 2016. Chris? Were these all the ones that you did a dollar on just to no, see? No, this was $10. What's up, Anna? Oh, jeez. Anna? But, I, I mean, it's it's Tetris. There's there's only so much I can hype up about Tetris, but, man, it's such a fun version of Tetris. I love it. And I, I think and it's on Game Pass, so there's there's your obligatory Game Pass plug. Yeah. If you it have is, Game Pass, yeah. download that the music and the visuals in that is so zen yeah. that just ho- hopping in and out and doing just a couple of rounds is some of the funnest stuff I've ever played. And one of the final modes, which is a mode where you play f- or you're trying to clear 150 lines and you get random effects where um, it'll turn the board upside down or it'll show a huge Tetris block that you have to figure out where to put or it'll do Tetris blocks that are all missing one piece that you have to figure out where to put. That mode is really fun because not only because of what it throws at you that you have to be quick on your feet about but just because of the challenge and I also sort of appreciate I sort of have a lot of bad respect for people that do Grandmaster Tetris now because the reality the human reaction time for that is I don't see how I don't see how a human being can react that fast. But yeah. Go play Tetris Effect. It's good. In case you didn't already know. Anyway, that that's all I've been playing. So I found out my problem with Edge of Eternity. Turns out I requested the PS4 version. Oh no! <laughs> So yeah, many layers what? of issues here with that. Um, uh, that's not too bad. It's at least coming out this year. Yes. Oh, that's Cut out for- yeah, the console versions aren't out yet, but now uh, okay. PS4 is last gen. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, well. 
at, at least it's still around. At least it's not like those uh, ones who uh, promised Wii U versions and the Wii U was dead oh, by the time geez. they came out. Oh, jeez. You're not wrong. But also, <laughs> oh my gosh. Did did they ever, like, comp people for that? For what? For backing Wii U versions and then not getting it depends, them? It totally no. depends on the game. whether or not. Yeah. I mean, in general, Kickstarter says that you back at your own risk. I'm still waiting and for my good absolutely life. absolutely nothing is guaranteed. I'm still waiting for the good life. And so is everybody else. That's coming this year. I, uh, I I feel like not honoring which version or if a version gets cancelled and you have to switch versions, I feel like people should be copable for that. Wasn't there feedback this week, Kelly? <laughs> yes, there was. Um, our question last week was what an E3 announcement would make you the happiest? We got one from Featherhoof who said the E3 announcement that would make me the happiest, the heads of Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, Nvidia, and AMD get on a broadcast together and announce they've assembled a hit squad to hunt down everyone hoarding and scalping their hardware to take them back, put them back on market at MSRP, and for good measure, beat down the scalpers. I, th- I think that punishment is a little too light, Featherhoof. That's just me. Um, silly, he says, silliness aside, a far more succinct answer. I'm holding my breath that Xenoblade Chronicles X Definitive Edition would be announced on Switch. Me too. Isn't that like the last thing that's stuck in Wii U jail? Basically. <laughs> I want to say Wii yes. Pretty much. But I, I wouldn't I would hold think your breath that they for that would, yeah, because they'd have to like reprogram the whole game because part of the niche of that was the touchpad. Yeah, they've done it so, before. They've done yeah, like Tokyo Mirage Sessions did it surprisingly well. Yeah, they I mean, could. if they just if they just took that map, took out the touch controls, and made it so that you could select stuff by hand, then it would be fine. But that's also work. It is so. And you know we we have heard that Zeno, um, whoever needs to approve the Zeno stuff is most assuredly risk adverse. So, so th- there's that. And then I found, all right. I found I found it, Anna. I found it. So this is the last one, Kelly. I found the thing Anna was trying to avoid me getting to because she knew it was going to cause her so much pain. Delver's drop backed in in 2015 or so, still not out. Last update 2017. <laughs> now this one hurts for Anna because she really wanted this game, <laughs> and she's played it at trade shows. <laughs> Was that a uh, kind of a Zelda e Zelda roguelike? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you got it. Yep. Uh, let's read some feedback from Strawberry Leaves um, now. Let's see. What do we got? I would be ecstatic if that Baton Kaito's trademark did mean we will see remasters of both games, with maybe a hint of a new game if they do well. Barring that, barring that I'm still holding out hope that Tales of Symphonia Chronicles Switch port. Yeah. Do work on that. Huh? Good luck on that. That sounds good. Oh, I want okay. That. Right. <laughs> both of those sound good. It'd be cool to get Baton Kaito's on once again. And modern console. Yeah, so the rest of the world can feel my pain of the worst boss fight I've ever played through. Twice. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> is that the first game or the second game? The 
first game. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. The one where I had to give one character nothing but honey to be a dedicated healer. Because mm-hmm. that's where I learned that honey doesn't spoil. Nope. It's like I think <gasps> the only food item that neither spoils nor changes. Yep. Nothing like being in a boss fight and all of a sudden all of your bananas are rotten bananas (laughs) and you're SOL. (laughs) So are we ready for news? Yep. Zodiac Legion was announced. This is by Studio Draconis, and it is a tactical RPG that puts players in charge of the Zodiac Order, and combat takes place on hex maps with destructible environments. Very Western looking. That is very confuses me. Is there's thirteen Zodiacs? Okay, isn't there normally twelve? I don't know. Maybe the 13th one is it secret. It depends. There's, there's one that sort of can be counted as the 13th. Gotcha. There's probably a game called the 13th Zodiac. Let's see. <laughs> or a book or something, right? If, if, if there isn't, then the somebody needs to. The myth of the 13th Zodiac It's O-Futures. Yeah. O-Futures. Or however you pronounce it. Yeah. O-Futures. There you go. The Serpent Bear. A demo for the game is set to release on PC in October 2021, and the game is going to be kickstarted in January of 2022. Uh, so I look forward can... to be disappointed in 2027. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, we also got an announcement from NIS for the, a new game called Monarch with a de- debut trailer. This is by publisher Furyu and uh, developer Langcars, and this is a tactical RPG. Ooh, Anne, are you interested uh, in this? Potentially, but it's. Like, I mean, the tra- it looks like Zodiac. I, I feel like the- is this SMT vibes? You know. Yeah. So this is the Strange people fact. that did SMT. If. Oh, uh, it's uh, a oh. mixture. I think most of them did the. It's mostly the original Shin Megami Tensei and two. I think it's the most common one. Okay. There's one. Okay. A few. Yeah, I think a couple of them worked on If, and I think a couple of them worked actually on Digital Devil Saga Megami Tensei. So before it was in Megami Tensei as well. Okay, my interest has shot up a hundred percent now. I'm curious to know why Anna's holding back interest though. Because um, probably because it's Fuvu. Oh. And Dancasters, they they've. Had history and which one is Furia? On. What did they make that we don't like? Um, they have made a lot of games. Oh, no, <laughs> can like, someone yeah. name one bad game they made? Please, is, isn't it Legend of Legacy one of them? Oh. Yeah, I know they at least published those. I don't know if they developed them or not. Well, I think they're part of the fun thing, so they usually sort of pay other developers to develop the game, and then yeah, they'll. Okay, let's look at Alliance Alive. Yeah. Okay. Star, I think. Lancar's developed games Persona Q2, we just talked about that. Zenki Zero, which Anna borrowed from me. Um, Strange Journey Redux. uh, They usually act as a secondary developer. I think the main one that they've done primarily themselves is Lost Dimension. 
And that was really good, but not everybody liked it. I liked it. That it was a wheels game. It was wasn't okay. It? it had some sort of. It was fun. It had some really neat ideas, and then didn't really stick to landing in some of the higher concept stuff it tried to do. Yep. Um, in general, Furu publishes a lot of licensed stuff. So I think I think Caligula. I think it's Caligula. This guy ish. looks like they're from. No, it's the guy who draws the Overlord light novel series. That's oh. the character's design. Alright. The Doctor looked like the Doctor in Persona 5, so... Whatever. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I think I think the one that's actually the particular one is uh, the Caligula effect. Oh. Uh, uh, that, was, that was a similar idea in that it, they were getting... They got the... Um, People who worked on the original Persona and Persona 2 for that? Well, they did, but that's one where you found out that the, at least for the, the, you know, they got the writer who did Persona 1 and 2, but it turned out he really only did like a, a story treatment and it wasn't, he wasn't really involved in the production. So yeah. it's one of those kind of sort of bait and switch sort of situations. This yeah, at least yeah, is not uh, that. Yeah, well, it's partly a, it may be that because the scenario writer is sort of sharing it with the scenario writer who did Crystar, and <laughs> the other two are basically scenario supervision and collaboration, which could mean anything. Exactly the yeah. same as here's some money to stick my name on this. Yeah, it's could a, be. it's a wait and see more to see exactly how. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, some of these like supervisory roles are like just redlining. It's like. This isn't good. This isn't good. This isn't good. All right, what should I change it to? I don't know. But but there is a collector's edition coming out for the West that has like uh, art uh, book and some plastic in it. So that, that that's cool. Uh, enamel pins. <laughs> I was no, acrylic stands. Ooh. Yeah, acrylic stands with a new enamel pin. <laughs> oh, let's I go back to enamel of... pins. I yeah, no disapprove of this change in feelies. I want to know why I should care about Lost Ark coming out here. Um, well, it is an Amazon Games developed free-to-play MMORPG. No, they didn't develop it. No, they didn't. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. An Amazon Games published Smile yeah, Gates. They, they free, basically free put up the money to bring it over, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's cur- currently available in Korea, China, and Russia. So this is, is an interesting good? one for me. It's because... one that's really... It's supposed to be quite popular in career and i've also been told it's not an mmo it's more like path of exile yeah it's kind of it looks it looks it basically looks like a hybrid of yeah the diablo style action rpgs and an mmo all right but it it has end game raid content like an mmo okay i'm happy with that that seems good so So here's sort of the dilemma that it starts to run into uh oh um so the development of this game is divided into seasons yeah, like Path of Exile. And so the original, when the game originally came Anna, out... Anna, get, get on the mic better. When the game originally came out, season one had a lot of balance problems. And it basically created a tier list of which classes were good and which classes were trash. As MMOs do. Right. And so um, 
even though the classes have all been rebalanced and they're all more or less equally playable and equally viable in end game rating, everybody still uses the season one relative chart. Okay. And so you, well, you know why that is? Cause you're talking to people who speak English and no one's retranslated anything since then. I bet. Well, <laughs> but I mean, this is true even in Korea and Russia. Oh, well, then I don't know what's like, going on with that. People, that seems weird. People are playing the Korean version because it's the one that's, I guess, most open to people that don't read a different language. Okay. And so the the dilemma that people are running into is it's like, you remember how for a long time no one wanted Hunters and Raids and WoW because everybody who played Hunter was an idiot? Well, hey, they, also, take, they also rolled on all the weapons for other classes. Right. The and so hey, you take the mage. Is loot. Uh-huh. And it turns out the mage is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> same sort of problem run, you run into in endgame rating in. I, this is such a. I don't know, and I'm not buying it. Like, I feel like that's that's FUD. You know? Okay. Well, it's it, the sort of dilemma with Lost Ark is it's great until you hit max level. But like, if that's the only issue, I feel like that's not necessarily going to persist on a brand new NA version that's going to have its own new websites devoted to coming up with new tier lists, you know? Sure. Like, and- that's a big thing with US, uh, and I don't know if other countries do this too, but like, have you looked at Diablo 3 or Path of Exile? Every month, or every new season, it's like the YouTuber's jobs to come up with new tier lists. <laughs> and then everyone follows them. So <laughs> I feel like we hey. might have that covered. Okay. I, I was trying to look up tier list for Persona Q the other day just to see where it was at in the in the how much do Mega Ten fans like or dislike that series. So I feel that <laughs> not even a not even a class tier list, just straight up. Which game am I allowed to like the best list? <laughs> um, slash Well had a tier list for like which Warcraft cities smell the best. So people oh, use that for anything. Which one was it, by the way? Um, Silvermoon. Mm. Silvermoon and Darnassus smelled great. Uh, obviously, this was yeah. pre-burning. No, I was going to so. say, Darnassus probably smells real good right now, like a campfire, if you're into campfire smells. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, we're, we're and, sp- and cooked flesh. <laughs> oh, well. We're smelling city, under city. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Must be all the cockroaches. Uh. Um, it's not the indeed. undead, right? Yeah, no, it's um, definitely not that. It has to be the cockroaches. <laughs> Speaking of cockroaches, a word that looks like cockroach, Coke Media. Oh, goodness. There's a transition. Unveils <laughs> well Prime done, Matter label and upcoming releases. So I guess I'm kind of confused. What's the difference between Coke Media and Prime Matter? They, they made a label. A lot of Coke publishers me- have made labels. Coke Media is, yeah, Coke Media is basically the parent company of a bunch of publishers, including Deep Silver, Milestone, and sort of all the developers under them. Okay. So, Master is basically similar to Deep Silver in that it's just a publishing brand. All right. Yeah, I didn't really understand, like, if this is going to be focused on anything, or it's just, like, a new label. Like, no, because they showed 13 know. different games, and they ran the game. It's a new label. I mean, it's a new label, right? It's so. genres, so... Stuff they did, I guess they didn't want to shove it under deep silver, or they need more people. But they're not. Maybe they're in different studios, so these people work together differently. Maybe it's know, a weird you know? tax dodge. Who the heck knows? I, it's business, but yeah. these labels do happen a lot in a lot of industries. So, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, too. it's 
a lot of these are sort of new studios that they've recently sort of purchased or sort of bought under underneath them. So I think it's sort of a bit of a collection of all their recent acquisitions more than anything else. Well, in some there of these, go. I'm kind of confused about because they were showing King's Bounty 2, but that's a 1C game. 1C yeah. has enough muscle well, to publish their own games. Yeah, well, I want C- Cock owns 1C Entertainment now. Oh, God. And it, it was... Okay. Pre- and King's Bounty 2 was previously being published by Deep Silver. Gotcha. Well, there was, an, there was an agreement between Deep Silver and 1C. Okay. So now they've shuffled it around. So for whatever reason, they feel like these people ma- should manage these games, and these people are under this label name. And these people should manage these games, and these people are these ma- people names, or label names. And what did we learn? Does anything new revealed in all of this announcement of what's Prime Matter? Uh, the last Oracle. The last announcement. The last Oracle. Also, there's a Switch version of Kingdom Come what is, But what is the last Oracle? It's a third person action RPG, sort of Soulsy. Oh, okay. But it's basically all about sort of betraying or. Betraying NPCs and try, or NPCs trying to gain the player's trust. Okay. O R C R O R I C R U. Yep. And it also has a local split screen co op. Oh, cool. And we can play together. Absolutely not. Why? <laughs> it's about betraying. Yeah. Oh, but not your partner. It's not about betraying you. Hang on. Okay. Can I, know, push my I know what we'll button. do. I know what we'll do. We'll play. It takes two first, and then we can play this, because then you'll trust me again. Then I can betray you, and it'll feel a lot better. Thanks, Chris. Oh, shit, I said the quiet part out loud. <sighs> uh, well, you want an exciting announcement? I'm excited for this. Yes. Josh is excited for this. Well, we didn't even go through all the games, but all right. Well, nobody cares. We got better announcements. <laughs> It's all stuff that's already been announced, and we saw maybe yeah. some new trailers. That was announced yeah, if, if, at Summer Games you, Fest. Is yeah, I was going to say, if you, wanted, if you wanted to go through it, you should have labeled it hot, but you didn't. Yeah. So SNK and Dot Emo announced Metal Slug Tactics. It's a, a TRPG inside of the Metal Slug series. And, and it, it looks awesome. God, it looks amazing. I love the, the visual aesthetics. I love that it's going to be a new TRPG. Like, oh man, it looks great. It, it kind of. Are they invoking the, XCOM? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, on the the graphics side, I got like Advance War vibes. Yeah, I'm getting but, like, Advance it, Wars War Groove more than XCOM. Yeah. I meant the tactical side of things. I don't know if it was more XCOM because you know it's it's fixed characters and line of sight kind of stuff. It looked like it had that. I couldn't tell if there was any, like, uh, you know, like hiding behind the environment or that kind of stuff or not. But, you know, it's, it's just a minute long, you know, teaser trailer that kind of just introduces it. But it looks fantastic. I can't I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they have those animated cutscenes in the game itself because those look gorgeous. Oh, they do look great. <laughs> Metal Slug is that series that I like watching people speedrun it, even though I have no interest in playing it myself. Yeah. never played. I've never played a Metal Slug game, but I am super stoked for this. Same. Uh, 
I, I've played a couple of them. They're they're not bad for you know running gun contra clones. They're more they're more funny than anything. Yeah. And hey, I like it when these old when these developers or well, I should say these publishers who have these long dormant series, like hey, let's take them out of the let's take them out of the freezer and actually do something with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Um, are we excited for a new salt game uh, sequel to Salt and Sanctuary called Salt and Sacrifice? I'm Not sure me. some people are. Yeah, <laughs> it looks good. Maybe they'll be excited to see us so, attacks again. Yeah. So, um, like Salt and Sacrifice, it's a side-scrolling action RPG, and you're going to be able to play more classes. It's basically a side-scrolling Dark Souls. Is from what I've heard with pretty visuals. There you go. It, so that's true. It does. Like, it clearly, nobody's interested. It looks like vanillaware. It's it's not for us. It doesn't look like vanillaware. It's not high frame rate enough. Disagree. But moving on. Vanillaware's. But pretty yeah, go, going to actual Dark Souls, sort of. Oh um, my guys, gosh! Elden the Ring. megaton Elden of the Ring. summer games th- jam. Elden Ring exists and it's coming out next year. It has a release date. It's not January twenty second, twenty twenty two. Jason oh, Schreier okay. already put out an article saying it's going to be pushed back. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, action RPG made by the Dark Souls creator um, Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R R Martin of Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire fame. So he wrote, I guess he wrote the story and. So, we don't so, really so, know what role he took. No, his name is attached to it. Um, like, I love the the summary of the the story in this. Like, like you're going after a mysterious Elden Ring as a power sought by many adventurers, and collecting it will bestow the title of Elden Lord of the Lands between. So, like, basically, everyone is looking for one ring that can rule everything. So, yeah. like, we're. <laughs> Like they they needed George R. R. Martin to come up with this, and then steal Lord of the Rings basic idea. Okay, sure. It does look the the videos of it are just like jaw dropping oh, on the way it looks. Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Uh, the Jason Trier thing about the 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 date being postponed that was a joke. Yeah, and people started oh. reporting on it like it's an actual. <laughs> they're, they're so <laughs> hung on everything he says. <laughs> That is funny. That <laughs> is so funny. The the thing is, is that I can actually still kind of believe that about it. <laughs> like, um, yes. I've, I've been hearing people really say it's like, be delayed, it's delayed, but I don't know where it's coming from anymore. Because I just Trier, I have no faith that this is actually going to land in January. There's just so many games that are being pushed back right now that, like, oh. yeah, I I can't foresee this sticking oh, the landing. May third. May third, yeah. I don't know. Um, so I'll just say all the podcasts I was listening to on Friday were like, oh, this thing's going to be delayed. But now I don't know where they're getting it from. Because if the Jason Schreier thing was a was a joke, we need a new source. So um, either way, if you haven't done this before with the big video game thing that you've been anticipating before it comes out, uh, just know that the real big ones do tend to get pushed back. So don't get, don't don't schedule your vacation until you know for sure. Okay, okay, that's all. I mean, 
I personally am I'm not that excited, but I have friends that are huge Soulsborne fans that are over the moon over this. So I'm happy for them. They gave us a date. That means we're getting pretty close, usually. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no. kind of surprised we got a date. So. Um, now, yeah. something I am excited for, um, Gearbox announced Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Hey, you're the only based... one. Really? <laughs> no. Might be. No. Not, not I mean, I I'm, love no, the book. Barely anything I was listening to, and definitely not me. Actually, I take it back. Tiny Tina's Bunkers and Badasses DLC for Borderlands 2 is kind of the only thing in Borderlands 2 I like. So... There is a chance this might actually be good, in my opinion. Can you make her be quiet? Nope. But it's okay because she's it's fine in the in the context of these of well of the previous DLC. So it's probably going to be okay here too. We went somewhere to visit family. Uh oh. And at night you were playing Borderlands. Yep. And there was a oh that was a different that was a di- that wasn't Tiny Tina that was T- Torg's grandmother. Yes, and I just rolled over and bad. It is like, can you <laughs> shut her up? Well, the main reason why I'm excited about it is because I'm very into Dungeons and Dragons right now. So, getting a standalone version of that DLC, I want so bad. And it's going to have uh, famous voice actors from Will Arnett, or rather, voice work from Will Arnett, Wanda Sykes, Andy Samberg, and Ashley Birch. Ashley Birch is the voice of Tiny Tina. She's um, in other shows, though. Like, the one I know her from, in person at least, is uh, Mythic Quest in person. Uh, yeah. Live action is what I mean to say. And I was looking at her like, that's the Mythic Quest lady, isn't it, Anna? Yeah. So, I didn't know she was Tiny Tina. Um, I just wish she had better writing to work with. <laughs> oh. Hey, but the Butt Stallion is coming back. Princess Butt Stallion. Yes, but Stallion's a lady. Get over it. All right. Uh, I'm excited. But that's just me. But Stallion. Oh, the um, worst joke in Borderlands 2 persists forever. So, and, Kelly, during this busy time of E3 with all this stuff dropping, Sega is asking like <laughs> the really important questions right now. Have you seen this, Kelly? Not yet. Oh, I saw you talk about it, but I haven't looked at it yet. Is this the $100 Yakuza backpack? $150 Yakuza back. It's a whole style series of like watches and jackets and shoes so you can look Yakuza style. <laughs> it doesn't even Which look you Yakuza don't actually style. actually want to do? Yeah, no. <laughs> Would you like so the Kazuma for- Kiryu model watch for $198? Yeah. I will you- say the watches are cheaper than the um, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker watches. That's true. <laughs> This uh, this bag remember... looks decent. It's one hundred forty eight dollars. <laughs> yeah, where, where does he have a backpack in the game? Uh, nowhere. Oh, okay. It's just, you know, like styled after it. How <laughs> styled after what though? I don't. It's, so, no, it's got like, face alligator skin on it. What is going on? Well, that that is very curious. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where does he have I alligator thought... skin? His issues. Uh... Oh, it has all it has all the logos from the. Uh... Stores and companies. Oh, does uh-huh. it? Okay. Uh-huh. Look at this jacket. How much is this jacket? $300? Come on. How much is it? Oh, God. Look at the inside. It's the riding jacket. The, look, look at the inside of the Majima bag where it's got like him sticking up out of the, the 
the. <laughs> well, I'm looking at these terrible, ugly shoes. Oh my gosh. Oh. All right. Goromajima. He has his own watch. All right. That looks. Ugh. I I have to object. If they're not selling yeah. the Majima yeah. jacket, what are they even bothering for? You know. Oh, they got the Majima jacket. They got it on the back. I, I think I'm just like right, probably here's the inside. Like, oh, it's Majima everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but no, where's the big? There should be a big yellow scale jacket thing. You know, he's got the well, the, the golden jacket that I always wears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've got it on the inside. Oh, yeah. It's an they inside went back. print on the neck or something. No, no, not uh. Uh-uh. Uh. If I'm spending three hundred bucks to look like Majima, you want to look like Majima, especially compared to these terrible shoes. Both shoes are awful. <laughs> They're so bad. All right, well, we got a the Costco itchy, one. The itchy, the itchy yeah. fan jacket has a. Uh, Counterfeit bill, bloodstained bill in it. Mm. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Ichiban, level up. Oh, attention to detail. Oh gosh, they've got their relevant tattoos as part of the jackets. That's fine. Oh my gosh, yeah, that is a bloodstained counterfeit bill. Oh, you can use it for um cleaning your glasses. That's nice. <laughs> wow. $268. Oh my gosh, the Ichiban shoes. What are you doing? I, I think I think your the more appropriate response is what are those? I do like that there's a Camarocho map on the bottom of all the shoes. <laughs> oh, it's got a number one dotted in it. Yeah, it does have a one number one in it. Yep. Yes, because he's Ichiban. Uh-huh. Oh, no, no one laughed at my fine joke. I'm sad. Oh, sorry. But, There's a lot going on here, Kelly, including I, really ugly shoes. I just, I thought that in Japan you weren't supposed to look like actual Yakuza. You just don't have the tattoos. That's the important thing. Okay. And the hair and the attitude. And, you know, don't carry guns or do criminal activities and, you know, all that. Right? I, I guess. Know. I don't know. Moving on. Um, move, moving on, so I guess Nintendo... <laughs> on, Anna's tired of Yakuza. <laughs> I, I guess Nintendo kind of dropped the ball this morning. Nintendo because, leaked uh, themselves! Mario <laughs> plus Rabbids got leaked this morning. Oops. Or rather, a sequel to Mario plus Rabbids. Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. Yeah, no, someone, I, someone turned I, the I, website live before it was supposed to be. Oops. <laughs> yeah, so the official Nintendo website for this. Yeah, that's my... Yeah, we assume it's going to be announced at Ubisoft today, which will be yeah. very soon. I am. Um, I still need to play the original. I've it's heard w- it's good. It's you a really good XCOM style game. You, yeah. It got real slow to me, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. I remember I really dug it. Chris, I really enjoyed it. I remember why. It's okay, like it's then, easy uh, and slow, which is like, mm, and there's there's no story, right? to carry you through and there's there no, is there's there no is. teaching your students anything you know no, no. Yeah. basically no it's not students. it's not fire emblem it's not persona no no yeah you aren't dating anyone no i'm none, sorry none that's that. what we sorry. come to expect sorry. from tactical games now <laughs> what do you want from dating what? your students dating your students <laughs> fire emblem has ruined us Oh, Chris, there's just, just a Nick factor there. I'm not touching Yeah, but also it's true, isn't it? 
Three houses. Getting through Anna. some headlines. Getting through some headlines real oh, quick. Short ones. Um, Guild of Dungeoneering has an, an ultimate edition announced. We've got free DLC coming to Sword of the Necromancer. Tales of Arise has a new trailer with new characters. And um, Tactical Adventures announces a new studio and they're working on hey, a new Celestica. I love Celesta. I'm glad to hear there's a sequel coming. That's great. And then, Chris, you've got new releases. I've got some new release dates for you. <clears throat> Here we go. First up, my time at Porsche is getting a mobile version on August 4th. Who's excited? Yeah. Anna, you had a question uh, last night of who's this for? Yeah, like, my, I'm kind of confused who this mobile port of my time at Porsche is for. Because the console, um, the Switch version has a bunch of issues. And so what version is coming to mobile? I'm assuming it's for people who play mobile games and not console games or PC games. So it's just I think it's just a different audience. I don't know. It, I feel like most people that it's want a to different play group this of portably are right, it's a it's a full touchscreen su- control support, a UI redesign, and new manual and automatic save functions and other quality of life improvements. God, could they just fix the versions they nope. already have instead no, of putting no, out we new need to versions money off and of, new games? Nope. nope. Uh, if you don't like that, though, Anna, Monster Harvest is coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on August 19th. You remember Monster Harvest from, mm-hmm. like, the Xbox? And yep. people like that? Yep. Maybe you'll check it out on one of those? Maybe. All right. Sacred Fire is getting a demo next week. It's going into early access in 2021, and there's a new trailer out if you want to watch it, and they're like, what the heck is Sacred Fire? Which is um kind of where I was, because I don't remember what it was. So, it's about, like, Caledonian clans and Roman legions conflicting. I, I don't know. All right. Uh, DBC Kakarot trunks the warrior of hope. <laughs> what is that? It's DLC for DBZ Kakarot. So it's out now. So it's it makes DLC. sense if you play DBZ, I guess. Yeah, it's the story of the future trunks timeline. So you could, uh, if you're into Kakarot, that's out now. Black Skylands is hitting early access. On July 9th. So if you're in a Black Skyland, you've been waiting for that to hit early access, you'll be able to get that soon and check it out if you are interested and want to see if it's out before it's out. I don't know. Whatever. It's one of those. Uh, one of those, uh, I don't know, over overhead. I don't know how to describe Black Skyland. One of those game things. It's one of those game things. <laughs> it's a mixture of um, action adventure and top-down shooter. With RPG elements, hence why yep. we cover it. All right, coming out this week is what Wilder Myth for PC, Mac, and Linux. The Elder Scrolls Online, the enhanced versions, the PC, PS5, and Xbox One um, Series X ports where they enhance those. Those are out to because they wanted to stagger it with the release of the expansion last week. Now the up-res ports are out, so if you play on console, go ahead and re-download and get the better version this week. Rogue Book is out for PC. Um, and then we have a couple um, new early access uh, things out this week. Uh, Lost Epic and Wizardry the Five Ordeals. Lost Act- uh, Wizardry the Five Ordeals is actually coming to early access on June 18th. So later in this week, you'll be able to try that out on early access. Woo! That's what that's what's coming out. What do people think about recent things? Do we have a review of any of this? No, I guess not. No, our only review for the week is Outriders. That's the Square Enix Destiny? Yeah, which I was surprised. I 
Peer reviewed this. I accidentally closed the window. Three and a half out of five uh, from Mr. Louis Mauricio. Louis yeah. Mauricio? All right. We also have some impressions of Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous and Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Those two games are not out yet, so get, get a sense of what our previewers thought of it. Um, um, Alex, I loved your thing in that it's a shame that it can't be four drifts. Oh, and Dark Alliance? Yeah. Yeah, you have to have different characters. You can't have four no, people drifts. controlling the same same person. But, that's all anyone wants to be. What is Dritz? Dritz? Well, Dritz is amazing. That's why everybody wants to play as him. Isn't there a Hobbit companion of his? Can you be that guy? No, he just has like a panther as a companion. No, I mean like he knows a Hobbit. He knows Dritz has side characters. Is like the you know, there is yeah, the novel, other ones. So. It, it's the dwarf, the barbarian, and Catibri. That's it. No, all right, lame. There will be a fifth one released as DLC. Better be a Hobbit. I don't know who. I wonder if that fifth one is going to be Minsk and Boo. Ooh. Does Drist know Minsk and Boo? Is that canon? I, I don't know. So I'm not sure. I, I never read any of the books and all that stuff that all these things, these characters came from. So, uh, what else we got? Backlog in the year. We've got Paul's plays through Paul's playthroughs for the month of May 2021, and we have lots of Sailor Moon. Lots of Sailor Moon. Okay. Yes. Good job. Sailor Moon. And then we have Adventure Court Adventure Corner Spirit Lucky's Big Adventure. What? Oh, this is the okay. Yeah. Why did somebody play this? Because he has a daughter. He has a daughter. Okay. I was gonna be like this the Oh boy. This is a climbing fashion horse game, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> So I played it with his daughter. All right. So see how that went and if it'll work for your kids. That's all I got for releases and, and editorials. What are you going to play this week, everybody? I might be attempting to, well, I mean, I say finish. I might be trying to put more progress into Bravely Default, too, because I've got to get oh, that off my backlog. back to that. All right. Anna Marie? Uh, I'm going to finish up Runeverse and start the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Good for you. I'll be continuing on in Elder Scrolls Online because I'm just having a lot of fun. Alex, what about you? Edge of Eternity and writing whatever announcement stuff. Comes oh, up. just E3 in general. E3 right? game. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, and... there's not much to play at least because. Yeah. Low ESA. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Josh, what about you? More, more FF7. FF7. Two people in FF7 this week. All right. Join us, Chris. Join us. <laughs> What's our question of the week for it, folks? Are we just just want to hear what um, you like from E3? What's your favorite E3? Yeah, that's, go for the easy one. Yeah, I mean everybody else is doing that one, and I'm sure there's going to be something that's going to hopefully knock our socks off. All right. If you want to f- submit your answer to the question of the week, uh, the easiest way is just post it in the show thread on the website. But you can also email us at podcastrpgamer.com. Or send us a voicemail at 608-729-4098 or a text message. Um, And uh, we'll read it right here on the show. If you'd like to catch that show live, it's Saturdays at noon Easterns on twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Um, Until then, stay tuned to rpgamer for all the recaps of the E3 announcements that are relevant to people who like RPGs and RPG-adjacent games. And we'll see you next week. Time for us to all go get ready for Ubisoft, right? 
Who's excited? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is yeah. anybody excited uh, for E3? Hey. Call, call me on Tuesday when Nintendo announce stuff. Announces stuff. This is depressing. No one has excited. Also, when Squeenix's presentation? It's tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> stay tuned for that. <laughs> Every's going live right now. Going live all weekend. Through, going live through Tuesday. So we'll see you next week, and hopefully, you have some cool, exciting announcements to talk about. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.